Are brands playing for profit and growth in a post-pandemic market? Hi, I'm Ian Whitaker. As an analyst, I've been invited by JC Deco to bring to you key pieces of macroeconomic research and insight advertisers can use to help them drive brand growth and maximize shareholder value. I'll be chatting with experts within my network to unpack some of the issues and solutions facing the marketeers of the future. We'll also be looking at clever strategies that have been actively applied across the UK. I'll be your host for this series, but today to start us off, we have Ravji Kantaria, Marketing Director for JC Deco UK, to turn the questioning to me. Welcome, Ravji. So, Ian, thank you so much for hosting this podcast series for us. Oh, not at all. Um, and so this series is based around your recent report, Pandemic Pause or Play. Um, so just for those listeners who haven't read the report yet, could you let's kick off just by talking through the five megatrends, if you don't mind? No, and uh, that's absolutely fine. And yes, yeah, actually, great to be here. Great to be chatting on, on this. I think you know, when look at the report, there were five, as you mentioned, five key megatrends that emphasised within that report. The first one was to say that this would very much be a cost-led recovery. The second one was to point out that in terms of, of the importance of advertising to maximising shareholder value. The third point was to talk about the advertising mix being reimagined and particularly with more spend going on branding sort of a, and away from activation. The fourth was really talking about the sort of importance, though, of brand and activation working together. And the final megatrend was talking about, in fact, silos coming together. And in fact, the view of seeing analog and digital as separate, increasingly as we move forwards, traditional media platforms will also become more digital in their nature as well. Great. So should we talk those through a little bit, one by one, perhaps, so sure. you can give everyone a bit of a flavour of what to expect uh, in the report? Oh, indeed. And if you look, for example, so let's take them from the start and then yeah, work sure. downwards as well. Very much in terms of the cost-led recovery, if you look at what's happening at the moment in terms of the trends and so forth, firms are facing very much of a, a pressure in terms of, of inflationary trends and so forth, the need to regrow their margins. Uh, and so what you're very likely to see here is that in terms of what firms are likely to do, with the cost pressure that's coming in, you know, what that will mean is they will be very focused on costs. But the flip side of this as well also is that they will be looking to pass on those costs to the consumer. And so when a firm in order to pass on those costs, one of the key tools that they can use is advertising. Because for many consumers, you know, they need a reason in order to buy a particular brand and product. And particularly when prices are going up, and especially in this so what is a, a very high inflation environment, at least when you compare it with recent years, and where consumers are facing pressure on so many fronts, yeah, consumers will be looking sort of for reasons maybe why not to buy particular products. So for advertisers, what they need to do is they need to say, look, you as a consumer, this is why you actually need to buy our good because it actually sort of has sort of a, it, it's a product that you need. And that's where advertising very much comes in. And we've seen that even since you've written your report, Things have changed even more, haven't they, with energy and the tax changes and all of that that's come that's come on board. Oh, absolutely. And you, you can see in terms of your know, utility bills, what's yeah. going on. We've had obviously the conflict in Ukraine and the impact that that's had sort of both in terms of, of energy costs, food costs, also as well, knock on effects, the effect of what's happening in, in China in terms of the implications there. COVID and the supply chain costs, firms are facing sort of very many pressures coming in at the same time. Now, in order to protect their margins, you know, the worst thing that they can do 
is sort of cut advertising spend. It's a real sort of of it's a real sort of of, of feeling here of you, you sort of of penny wise and pound foolish. Yeah, particularly in this sort of environment. Yeah, yeah firms that cut advertising spend and the risk that they have is that what it means is that consumers don't buy their brands and their products. And that, you know, from their standpoint, is not really an optimal outcome. And I, I found this very relevant to me because my background, as you know, is is all brands. Mm-hmm. And the first thing normally, as soon as you hit, whether it's a recession or whether it's cost cutting, you know, marketing tends to be kind of top of the list sometimes mm-hmm. for, you know, where might the cost cuts come from? So well, how would you, if I'm to convince somebody, let's say my board, that advertising is important, how would you kind of, why is advertising important, would you say? Well, would really frame it in a number of, of of different ways. I mean, for example, if you take sort of, of advertising as intangible capex, yeah. you know, we think about the whole concepts. You know, firms realise that if they want to grow sales in a particular product, for example, you're you're a car manufacturer, you need to build a car factory in order to actually produce cars, which you can then sell. It's similar sort of thing with advertising as well. You know, what you need to do is that upfront investment, particularly when it comes to brand, that upfront investment sort of within brand, get your brand well known, get it well known by consumers, and then it drives a lot of longer term value that comes through. And this is one of the important points that I've been trying to say within this report, is that often what happens is for many boards, and it's part also as well because boards sort of at least a large degree of boards don't necessarily feel comfortable with some of the metrics around advertising and what are the end results. For boards, sort of what they need to realise is that investment within advertising should be treated the same way as they would do investment in other product. Yet it is building the blocks for the future. And firms that cut advertising for the short term, we're to protect profit margins. Again, it comes back to this point. What you risk is very much of a short term so a short-term gain, but really long-term pain. And this is actually what I love about your report is these concepts like marketing as intangible capex. And I know our customers have said the same and we've got a whole uh, podcast on this, haven't we, later on in the series. Um, And so I think something else that is really interesting that you talk about in the report um, touches on the language of the CFO and how do you actually speak the language of the boardroom and the CFO in particular Mm -hmm. to kind of get your... um, points across successfully in the boardroom. And I, I think this yeah, this is an absolutely crucial point because often what you can get is that you know with marketers, certainly from the feedback they've had, marketers and boards, you know, sometimes can be communicating at a different level. Yeah, you know, they're using different language to to explore things. I think the key thing here is really for marketers, you know, both to explain why advertising is important in order for the the firm's success and why it should be seen as an investment and also as well to back that up with proper analysis and data because mm-hmm. that is absolutely crucial. Yeah, and the, the key thing what you're doing here is you're producing just as you would, for example, with a client and you turn around and say, well, you know, these are the reasons why you want to use my agency or why you want to use my services. Yeah, same sort of thing with the board. You're realising that you know, you're presenting the board in a way they are your client, your internal client, and you have to present a fireproof case as to why actually brand advertising is important. So what would emphasize there is the language is very important. Also as well, I would say for many advertisers, get to know your firm, you know, get to know your clients, sort of understand sort of their what they do, their priorities, look at their annual reports, 
look at what they've been doing in terms of their results presentations and the questions that they will get from analysts and investors. And what we'd say to, to advertisers and marketers is really get to know your company, get to understand your clients, read the annual reports, look at what they've reported in terms of their latest set of results. Yeah, and indeed other sets of results as well. Look at the presentations, listen to the calls and the questions they get from analysts and investors, because often with those calls, that will what be driving management's priorities as well. So it's really sort of getting an understanding of where the firm's priorities are, where management's priorities are, and then sort of taking that and saying, right, where does advertising fit into this picture? How is it that advertising can help the firm deliver on its priorities? And even being able to ask questions, you know, it's no bad thing, is it, to actually ask if you don't know, you know, what are your priorities? And then you can work your arguments around that. Oh, absolutely. And often what you find with these situations uh, is one question leads to another, leads yeah. to another and so forth. And I, I think that's also an important point as well, because you know, from a board's perspective, boards, if you look at the evidence, this was from the, the FT and the IPA survey that came out of boards. Boards do want to, you know, they... they do want to promote brand advertising. They do realise it's important, yeah. yet in a very high-level concept. The problem they have is that when it comes down to the detail and actually sort of looking at the data and analysis and trying to fit that into sort of the priorities for the firm, what they do is they struggle with really seeing sort of how advertising is important to their firms from a detailed level. And I think that's what, for many advertisers and marketers, that's really what they need to concentrate on if they're to persuade boards that the advertising really should go up the corporate agenda. And the metrics you use in that scenario are super important, aren't they? Exactly. And one of the things that I've highlighted sort of in the past is, particularly for brand advertising, the risk is what you do is that there is an overemphasis on the return on investment metric, yeah. which yeah, as an analyst, yeah, that is not necessarily an analyst that's tool that we would use when we were looking at the long-term value of a firm. And that's particularly important when it comes to brand value. More what we'd look at it is something like a net present value or a discounted cash flow model. And the reason for that is that what that looks at is it looks at the longer term yeah. future. A return on investment calculation can be very short term in its particular nature. It doesn't take account of the time frame of which the investment is made. You know, what could say is that actually the two types of advertising, brand and activation, almost what you need is you need different metrics to be used for, for both of them. Yeah. So very much for brand advertising works more to a discounted cash flow model, a MPV style model, where it's really talking about the long-term value of building that particular brand. When you look at more activation, which is really more about getting people to do something now yeah. in the very short term, then return on investment probably is a more appropriate metric. And you can kind of see how that plays out at the moment, can't you, with the pandemic, with everything that's going on. Over time, it feels like we have ended up being quite short termist in general and hence also then the reliance on kind of digital online channels, which do focus very much on ROI and you can then prove you know, day to day, week to week, what you're doing, what what it's delivering. And then the balance seems a bit then out of sync with long term and short term and then the branding and activation. And that feeds into one of your other mega trends as well, doesn't it? Exactly. In terms of the need to actually sort of, of, of reevaluate the amount that is spent on, spent on brand and the amount that is spent on activation. 
you know, roughly what you have is you have 60% plus of UK advertising spend is spent on activation. You know, the remainder is spent on brand. Actually, sort of those percentages should probably be reversed. It should be more on brand, yeah, and just under half on activation as well. And it, it's, I think you've got several things which are really happening there. One is that for many, for many companies, advertising is something that in a pandemic can be cut quite easily because it, it, it's flexible to cut sort of, a, and it, it can bring about an immediate part to, pro, to profit. But from a, a digital standpoint, digital is seen as one of those products that again, delivers an immediate benefit coming through. So there's a mindset issue there. I think also as well, what you've got here, which is a major issue it is the attribution models and, and how people are analyzing the real value of, of, of digital. There's a very interesting example from a few years ago, which was Adidas which accidentally found this out when Google keywords went down in Latin America, then went through in terms of analyzing what was the impact yeah, and what was really driving their sales. And everything they thought in terms of, of pre that survey was overturned. So they realized that actually sort of uh, most of the value was coming from the brand, not necessarily was coming for, from activation, that actually traditional media platforms had more of a role to play, that essentially in terms of customers, you know, repeat customers sort of uh, were important. So really this was, was sort of, uh, I think for many firms, what they need to do is they need to look again. So, and I think what you have in many, many firms, particularly with advertisers when it comes to digital, is what would for sort of theme FOFO, fear of finding out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what many advertisers and marketers are, uh, are maybe fearful about is actually sort of delving down, realizing that maybe digital hasn't been as effective as they thought it had been for the past couple of years and realizing that maybe there needs to be a change. I and, love that. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of FOMO, but yeah, never FOFO. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be using that now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that felt a bit like a turning point, didn't it? That Adidas case study, whether or not it was, you know, whether or not it happened on purpose or by mistake, everything then, they kind of learnt from that immediately and changed what they were doing. But other brands have followed suit then, haven't they? Exactly. And if you look, for example, at brands like Procter & Gamble have talked about, yes. you know, reimagining how they do their advertising spend, particularly when it comes to digital. Yeah, and a refocus there on traditional media platforms. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily work across all categories, but for certain categories, you know, for most of the categories that they have, there's really been a shift. And what's interesting in that example is that this has really been going from around 2019. But if you look at the performance of Procter & Gamble in terms of, of both their, their share of market mm. moving forwards, and then also as well, coming back to this point about maximizing shareholder value, the organic revenue growth and then the earnings growth, you know, what you see is that when it comes to their market share, since they've changed their advertising strategy, there's been a marked improvement in their performance. When it comes to their organic revenue growth, there's been an acceleration and that was happening before the pandemic. The same to a, a certain degree has been the case for their earnings as well. And then when you look at what was happening with their share price, their share price is also benefiting from this yeah. as well. And this is also one of the other sort of key trends that had mentioned in the report, yes. the maximizing shareholder value. You know, this is not just the theoretical exercise when it comes to advertising. It really delivers very, very good shareholder value when you get it right. And for many companies, for many managements, 
That is, you know, particularly in markets such as the US and the UK, yeah, that is their primary fiduciary responsibility. And this, for me, was kind of that boardroom gold, if you like, that comes out of the report that, yeah. you know, we've got the case studies, we've got the practical results mm-hmm. of what has happened when a brand has kind of made this change. Mm-hmm. And that we can then use that, you know, as a marketer going up to the board, requesting budget or requesting plans to be approved differently. Mm-hmm. You've got that evidence to support what you're saying. Exactly. And this is, again, goes back to the importance uh, of data analysis, yeah. economic metric models. You yeah, also bear in mind as well with models, uh, and I, I can say this very much as an analyst, you, you know, models aren't inherently right, okay. nor are they inherently foolproof. You know, what would say is very much uh, of how relevant, how important and how good they are comes back down to the inputs into those models. So, again, you have to sort of analyze the inputs correctly. Also realize as well in terms of these models that they're very much organic tools. So they will change sort of as the priorities change, as evidence changes and so forth. So there's a constant need for updating on that. And again, this I think this is also an important point to raise that very much when looking at advertising in terms of the, the the sort of driving it forward and showing its importance to the firm, what it has to be is it has to be an ongoing process. Yes. It can't be something that, for example, you think about, okay, we do this once and then we look at this in 18 months time. You know, things change, whether that's the evidence, whether it's the market, whether it's consumer habits and so forth. And I think for many sort of of companies, advertisers, marketeers, really the importance is always to stay on top uh, of what's happening. And if you do that, then that maximizes your chances that you will optimize your advertising spend. And I know later as well in the podcast series, you're going to be talking to Mark Evans of Direct Line, and he very much supports that point about commitment, doesn't he? Long-term commitment to your plan. Exactly. And if you look at what Direct Line have done, Direct Line have done a fantastic job in terms of actually sort of maximising their advertising spending and also as well, you're really delivering very, very good results off the back of that. But one of the things, and again, we'll explore it more with Mark later, is very much how the buying from the board, sort of how important that is. And again, so the marketeers proving to the board that yes, you know, in terms of advertising, you shouldn't just see this as a cost. Yeah, and that's yeah, that is one of the key sort of issues that we've had here. That advertising has been seen as an expense, has been seen as something maybe to be minimised, rather than what it should be seen is as an investment. Mm-hmm. And therefore, as with any investment, what it's there for is to maximise the returns that you get out of it. And the key with any investment also as well is to make sure you invest wisely. And do you think from all of the kind of interviews you've done with various people across the different Mm -hmm. industries and all of the analysis you've done, do you think that teams are set up for this? Because you mentioned silos and things like that as well Mm. in your report. Yeah, I think there is still a problem here with silos in terms of, of people thinking there is a bucket for TV spend, a bucket for digital spend, a bucket for outdoor spend and so forth. And what what's really sort of odd with this is, is for example, if you look at what's happening and it goes on to another key point, sort of a, a, of the fact that you know, firms, the traditional, if you want to call them that, firms are moving more digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, things such as, for example, advertising video on demand or digital out of home is included within digital ad spend when it comes to the industry standard metrics. And yet, when it comes to actually how the media is bought, yeah, it's still seen as it were as an outdoor product. Yes. And I, I, I think what 
what almost needs to change here is this sort of, of these buckets, the, the barriers between these buckets really need to come down. There needs to be more, not just talk, but action on cross-platform collaboration. You know, if you look at the evidence, for example, what we've seen with Facebook and Outdoor, yeah, the two of them sort of individually, and then look at what happens when you bring the two together. Yeah. It's clear from the evidence that when you bring the two together, that is a much more effective advertising campaign. And yeah, it needs to be the same moving forwards as well, I think. I think you need to see more campaigns, which really, and Direct Line have done this, yes. yeah, bring together several different platforms in order to deliver the best result. And I think also as well, when it comes to the buying of media and in terms of how it's seen, the whole idea, as it were, that you have, as it were, a TV bucket, a digital bucket, that is increasingly becoming obsolete. Yeah. I mean, there's one other thing we would say here as well, which is interesting, and I think it's more more for the, the sort of platforms themselves. Yeah, if they can get to that, that phase where the silo, the, the barriers tend to be sort of, of eliminated, then there's very good opportunities here from a revenue standpoint. Because yeah, if you're outdoor or if you're TV and you can start to tap in to those digital budgets with your, with your products, yes. then potentially that expands the market as well. That's true. That's true. And I think you're right. You know, 72 pence in every pound is spent on digital online advertising. But the IAB defines digital as including digital out of home and video on demand, as yeah. you said. So actually, as a marketer, when we're kind of looking for something different, something new, an idea to kind mm -hmm. of, you know, inspire our board and almost, you know, really make a difference, mm -hmm. you've got to kind of step out, haven't you, of what you're used to doing and almost be brave and try something different. But actually, the definitions are all there. You know, you've got all these channels that are there for you as digital channels, are people kind of making the most of that? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's, you know, it, it comes back to this point before that, you know, again, with, with buckets, when you get people thinking in buckets and in terms of processes and processes are very, you know, they, they really do play a very important part in terms of how people filter their advertising money and so forth. When that happens, it is people sort of just tend to, to look at things in quite a narrow way. And actually what needs to happen is there needs to be an expansion and yeah. people need to think, okay, well, if, for example, I'm thinking about an advertising campaign, you know, what I'm really concerned about obviously is the outcome of that. And yes, maybe I do need, maybe I think that more people are spending more time online, but what does online look like? Yes. It's not just maybe the players that you would automatically think of but also as well, sort of there are new products which are coming through. And again, it sort of comes back to this point that I mentioned before. You know, when it comes to advertising, you know, it's very much for advertisers and marketeers when they're speaking with boards and so forth. Again, it's to emphasize this point that you know, this is very much an organic process. You know, things change. Yeah, you know, that this is not a static process that you can just sort of, of go back and put on the shelf. Yeah, you, know, you look at what's happened, for example, in terms of digital out of home or in terms of advertising video on demand. Mm -hmm over the past two to three years, yet even in that time frame, things have progressed very rapidly as well. So you know, very much when it comes to the, the this sort of thing, there needs yeah, there needs to be a mindset, I think, across all all areas. Advertisers and marketeers, you know, within the agencies themselves, yes. particularly in the in the media side. And I'd say also as well, and this is where advertisers and marketeers can educate managements and boards, yeah, you know, also as well, educating boards and, and companies, look, when you talk about digital, it's not just, let's say, Facebook or YouTube. There are other products out there as well 
that can also satisfy what we need. One of the other interesting parts of your report is about kind of the um, move towards, you know, the emphasis nowadays on activation mm -hmm. and kind of how do brands get that balance again between brand and activation right for what they're trying to achieve? And yeah, again, if you look at, uh, it's very interesting when you look at the UK market, you know, which is one of, the, of probably the most digitally led sort of markets yes. throughout the world. If you look though at the end result, yeah, in terms of, of what's happening with UK brands, what's happening in terms of the perception of brands, brand strength, even if you go back to what consumers are spending on particular products, it doesn't really seem as though digital is delivering exactly. And I think a lot of that really comes down to the, the balance between the two sides. Activation remains crucial. But what there needs to be this rebalancing here where more needs to go to brand rather than activation. So sort of, again, talked about the 71p sort of, or 72p in the pound mm -hmm. that was digital. Obviously, some of that will be brand spending, but a lot of it is activation. And what call on, on this report is really, first of all, for that mixed change. So again, more to, to brand to come through. And also as well, the other thing to say is to realise, look, you know, the two should not be seen as separate. Yet this is very much a working collaboration to deliver the end results. And going back to the direct line example, you know, that's a great example of a firm that has actually made sure that when it comes to both the, the brand building they've done, plus also as well then how it's sort of short-term activation methods, yeah, they've really brought that well together to deliver very, very good results. So, yeah, again... This this is not a crusade against activation. Activation is still absolutely crucial yes. to what the advertising mix. What it's a call for to say is that things really need to be rebalanced. Now, one of the interesting concepts as well in the report is that you talk about how advertising is in a structural growth phase. Mm -hmm. Do you mind just talking a little bit more about that? Sure. So what sort of uh, we're talking about there is that if you look at some of the trends which are coming through, in terms of, of what should lead to more advertising growth, the likely to be longer term trends sort of, so this is not just a cyclical rebound coming back from the pandemic, but actually things that are likely to be with us for the medium to longer term. So what would they be, for example? Well, one would be in terms of inflation, in terms of inflationary effects coming through. You look at what we seem to be sort of at the very start of in terms of supply chains is at least the reimagining of how supply chains work and potentially a lot of, of, of production really been back brought back closer mm -hmm. to home markets. So that will have an impact in terms of, of potential costs to come through. Obviously, in terms of commodity costs, you've got things such a, as electric cars need sort of, of, of lithium and so forth. So again, you're seeing the cost of many commodities, which are going up as well. Yeah. That's again, a longer term driver. And more broadly, in terms of the ESG agenda, will drive input costs in terms of many commodities up. And again, that's like to be long term as well. The other sort of areas you've got, though, are perhaps a little bit more interesting in terms of, of those drivers. So one is environmental sustainability and governance issues. Yes. And you know, what's very interesting here is there was a survey out by Deloitte's of UK CFOs late last year. And what that showed was for, for CFOs, where they saw ESG as, as it were, providing the key benefit for firms was very much in terms of building brand reputation. So you know, there will be a need there. And again, this is very much of a longer term thing. There will be a need there for firms to really get on the front foot when it comes to the ESG agenda and show how their brands are actually becoming sort of, of more attuned to this. Because consumers, sort of, uh, obviously, yeah, this is becoming, yeah, exactly, yeah. a far more important issue. 
Then what you've got is that you've got changing consumer habits that have been brought about by the pandemic. You know, this old phrase that essentially a new habit takes six weeks to form. Yeah, very much now we've been through two years of what's gone on with the pandemic. So the way that consumers are buying products, you know, a lot more growth in e-commerce, a lot more willingness to consider sort of various methods that maybe they wouldn't have done before and so forth. Again, this has shook up the existing order. Yeah. And so this is likely to continue through to a number of years. Yeah. And we've seen this in things, for example, what's happening with the metaverse as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah again, yeah, there are all these things which are coming through, which, yeah, for the consumer, those consumer habits are likely to change sort of for the next couple of years. And again, advertisers need to be on top of that. You've then got the point that what you've had is, if you look at the amount of money that has gone into startups, and new ventures over the past couple of years has absolutely exploded on a global basis. Those firms need to advertise. So you've had new sectors, new companies that have come out of the come out of nowhere. They will go and market in order to get themselves known. But that also as well creates a reaction from the traditional players who now need to defend yeah. against those new entrants as well. So really, when you look at all of that, you've got several different things which are really coming together to drive advertising spend on a long term basis. Actually, I would like to ask our listeners, we've mentioned the metaverse, we've mentioned sustainability. If that is something that, you know, people are interested in, that we yeah. might then, you know, add a few more uh, podcasts mm -hmm. onto our, you know, series, maybe do another one. Please do drop us an email or get in touch with us and, you know, we'll look at what topics everyone mm -hmm. is interested in for the next series. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they're going to be, they're going to yes. be topics <laughs> over the next couple of years. Everyone's going to be talking about them. I just wanted to pick up on one more thing when you're talking about brand and activation. Mm -hmm. um, and that is what is interesting is something that you talk about in the report about how the importance of search, how our habits have kind of changed mm -hmm. over time. And you talk about kind of how search used to be yellow pages and now look at kind of, you know, how much we're investing in it. Mm -hmm. Do you mind just talking a bit more about how the channel mix has changed and where you think the kind of trends are for growth in future? Sure. I, and this is, yeah, it's one of the points that absolutely that made in the report that if you look at what search is, yeah. As mentioned before, search is like uh, the old-fashioned yellow pages. You would look for business, you were you would flick through the pages, and then you would try and find that particular product. Search is very much sort of the online online version of that. Yes. Yeah, and you can see it also as well. The fact that Google has ninety percent market share, exactly the same way that if you looked at classified directories, the market leader would always have a very big disproportionate share of the market just because it would make sense. Yeah, if you're a consumer, you want one place to look for, for all the products and services you want. And if you're an advertiser, you want one place where all the consumers go. So yeah, it, it's a natural monopoly in terms of things. But what it never was, was there's never a brand building tool. And that's why when you look back to when classified directories, yellow pages, yeah, back in the early 2000s, the percentage of advertising spend of, of the UK advertising market was around five, six percent. Mm. You know, it was seen as a very valuable product. Yeah, it was seen as important, particularly for SMEs, but it wasn't seen as something that was crucial in order to build brand. If you look at search now, search now, online search is over a third of the UK advertising yeah. market, if you look at the the AA Wark data. And so, yeah, from that point, what seems to have happened is that many firms seem to have actually thought of search as really now sort of of that brand building tool exactly to get people to 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 buy their products. And what would say is that's not really the case. The example that I used was 
the sort of example of thinking about a pint of Guinness. That that yeah, if you think about all the brand building that Guinness does, or the sponsorship, or the advertising, yeah, how they've built that up over the years, and yet when it came to sort of, of somebody buying at the bar, the way that the sale to be attributed to was that somebody saw a beer mat, a bar where, mat yes. yeah, exactly, with a pint of Guinness on on, on before. Yeah, which, you know, when you think about it from a common sense standpoint, doesn't make sense. But it links in with one of the sort of points before about the attribution models. You know, what many firms are using are attribution models that are provided by players who have a absolutely right. And just asking questions, you know, some just, people uh, yeah. might be a bit afraid of, you know, asking questions, especially when it comes to data, if it's a specialism, you know, actually don't be afraid to ask those questions. Exactly. And don't be afraid to, sorry, don't, uh, apologies for <laughs> breaking oh, it. No, but, but don't be afraid of asking those questions of the online companies as well. I mean, you know, one of the, the pieces of feedback they get was, you know, People go in and ask Google or the last Meta, you know, for more, for more data and more analysis, uh, and often they're met with a, a brick wall. Why should be that the case? If you're paying for that, yeah, and you should be entitled to it. I love a bit of a controversy yeah. from Ian. <laughs> There's much more to come in the rest of the Indeed, series, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so, if you are a, a kind of a marketer now today and thinking kind of how, what do I do next? So I've listened to this. I've heard about how, you know, advertising is in structural growth, how we might want to try and, you know, if we're going through a cost-led recovery and we're looking to kind of still rebalance brand and activation, you know, people are sold into the idea. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, they know that they would like to make a change. When I speak to customers, Mm -hmm. a lot of people say, I know that somehow over time, my activation spend has just crept up because we've been on this kind of short term cycle. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not sure now how to bring it back to to what it was before. Mm -hmm. So what would you say then to to a marketer like that? How do they take this forward and and make a change? I think that there's a number of things that really should do. And it builds on quite a few of the points that we we talked about before. I think, yeah, the one thing is just to make sure in terms of the the models and and the data that have been input. Yeah, make sure that you have sturdy, reliable models that are also independent as well and are also agnostic. I think that's that's a crucial point. Yeah, that really the importance there of of proper data. Yeah, because data actually, if you get poor data, it can actually be worse than than nothing. It could be you know, counterproductive yeah. on things. There is an element of that also as well. Sort of at this point before the advertisers and marketers get to know your companies, the priorities, get to know what management wants. Sort of again do research. Yeah, look at, yeah, I I would say look at annual reports, look at presentations, look at what they've reported to the market. It will give you a lot more insight into the firms, what your managements are thinking. Yeah, ask questions as well. Yeah, yeah, think about in terms of, you know, for boards, for management teams, what is it they're looking looking at? And again, you know, what we talked about in terms of, of explaining advertising in language that the board and the CFO can get so they realize that this is an investment that they realize that essentially this is something that shouldn't be seen as a cost but actually invest in the right way brings significant returns and it, it's about using sort of a lot of the tools and yeah totally get that for many advertisers and marketers especially when it comes to financial yeah. sort of of metrics uh, and financial data this might not be their yeah an area that they feel particularly comfortable with and yeah. you know as we've sort of uh, as we've done in terms of the the sort of other modules as well 
the importance here is essentially just to ask. You, yeah. you know, yes. ask whether that's internally or indeed externally as well. I'm sure sure none of us would <laughs> if an advertiser or marketeer had a question on that issue and about the financial issue. I'm sure neither of us would would turn around and say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't help. Yeah, exactly. I know I'd be, exactly. I'd be very happy to help. So. Exactly. So um, I'd say we've got Ian, obviously here, we've got the report for anyone who would like to then read that in more detail. Ian has very kindly um, recorded uh, an e-learning series for us on how to speak the language of the CFO. So once you've kind of done your research and you're ready to put that business case together, have a a listen of that register, you can uh, go through Ian's e-learning series. And of course, at JC Deco, if you're looking for you know, case studies, examples of balancing brand and activation spend, the role that out of home can play in your media mix, the digital out of home and Facebook research. We've got lots and lots of kind of results, case studies from our data and insights kind of centre of excellence at JC Deco. So you can get all of those things for, from us to kind of help you build your case and get success in the boardroom. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ian. Thank you so much for allowing me to question you for the first uh, <laughs> podcast. And uh, next time I'll be handing the mic back to you as our host. Um, and I think you'll be talking to Sam Tomlinson. I, I will indeed. And thanks very much, Ralph. It was a pleasure to, to discuss this and, and go through everything. It was fantastic. So you're welcome. Indeed. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed listening and wherever you get your podcasts, don't forget to subscribe, like and share. For further resources, downloadable slides and more information on all the topics covered in our podcasts, visit changemakers.jcdeco.co.uk. You'll also find my short e-learning series there on how to speak the language of the CFO on the JCDeco Digital Academy. Thanks for joining and see you next time.